Welcome, family. Um, we about to answer all the um, questions that I got on um, on my stories. Uh, we had some really good questions in there, but I want to wait for a minute or two so that everybody can tumble in. Um, if you have any questions, any additional questions, I'm gonna um, I'm gonna answer them. How do I gain weight in a healthy way? Boom. So basically what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, I noted some questions from the stories. Um, I screenshotted them. I'm gonna answer the questions in my, in my stories. And if you have an additional, additional question, just like um, use the question box and I'm gonna go through them once I'm finished with this set, uh, which I have here, all right? So, I hope everybody is good. I hope everybody is enjoying their day. Today is Wednesday, middle of the week. Um, I hope that everybody finishes their week strong. Without further ado, um, I'd say that we start talking about the first question. And that is a very, very, very um, common question that, that I get. And that is, how do I gain muscle mass while staying very lean? And I believe that this person is a male asking that, but no matter if you're male or female, um, it's very important to understand that the calories in and calories out approach um, is, is very outdated in my opinion, because like obviously um, there is some truth to it, but that's not how, how our body works, because like the way we deposit the excess energy that we get from food into our into either fat or muscle depends on what you do with it so if you work out heavy and if you um work out properly you're more likely to store everything in muscle mass and transform the excess energy which is food into muscle mass now obviously you cannot gain weight with a restrictive diet where you eat you know primarily uh, uh um raw foods and where you eat primarily low caloric food. So when you're, you know, when you're in a caloric deficit in a, in a big margin, all right? So what you basically need to do is to, you need to make sure that your muscles swell up as much as possible. So you've, you know, increase the count of muscle fibers in your muscle and also increase the size and the volume of your muscle. And that's how you gain muscle mass basically while staying very lean, okay? And what's also important is that you need to understand that you have to have the proper ratio between gaining muscle and burning muscle, right? Because you wanna stay lean, especially as an athlete, for example, for sports like basketball or volleyball, where you wanna you know, stay light but still strong, so have that Michael Jordan kind of physique, you wanna activate your metabolism, and that's where fasting, for example, kicks in. Right, so you want to have a quick metabolism and work out properly and nourish your body and your muscles for them to grow. All right, so the proper balance, if you want to keep it plant based, between fasting and fruits and starchy foods would be very beneficial for you. Okay, um, what's that? Oh, okay, so. And that's the first question. Second question, 
Do you ever get hungry when fasting and working out at the same time? Yes, absolutely. But I do understand what the difference is between hunger and appetite. Okay, so I personally, I'm so well trained in fasting that most of the times I'm not getting hungry. However, if I work out heavy, if I'm coming from a stretch where I worked out heavy, where I'm spending my day outside or whatever, and I'm fasting, it might happen that I'm hungry. Absolutely. But most of the time, obviously, I'm not right because i'm so well trained in fasting everything goes well and for you as a beginner i want to encourage you and learn the intuitiveness of food and hunger okay it's not about doing the things that i do doing the things that other you know people on social media or your role models do it's to find your way in an intuitive way okay that is super important um so if you get hungry whilst fasting and working out, especially if you're speaking about a short-term fast, then so be it. But try to push your boundaries and push your limits in a way that you benefit from it. Um, next question, how do you feel about extended three to five day fruit fasts for an athlete working out a ton? Absolutely, um, you, can, you can go for a stretch of um, What's up? What's up, Sheila? Much love to you. Uh, enjoy your enjoy your stay in Portugal. I think you're in Portugal right now. Anyway, uh, next question. Um, as an athlete, you should not, you know, do a prolonged fast whilst working out. Okay. Uh, what you can do is a weekly, every two weeks, once a month kind of water fast style right where you go into um into glyco glycogen depletion mode and and enter this short and not short but like sprint of a fast right that has more benefits to you because you as an athlete first of all you work out a lot therefore you have a different uh, requirement for nutrients therefore you have a different requirements for energy so whilst the average person who's not working out and fasting for three days um, or, or three to five days, um, eats, uh, consumes 600 calories a day. You as an athlete, whilst working out, will probably have a caloric turnover of like 2,800 or 3,000 calories, right? So one day fasting for you equals, you know, one, two days fasting for, uh, one day fasting for you equals a half a day fasting for the average person. So I personally do not recommend working out throughout a fruit fast or any kind of fast, um, especially as an athlete. And particularly a fruit fast is very unbeneficial for you because you're not preserving as much muscle and strength throughout your cleansing period. Whereas short-term water fasts um, do. Okay, so I would rather fast short-term than doing a prolonged fruit fast in your case. Um, Trying to get, next question, uh, trying to get back weights, but not sure if, how often to eat. You know, when it comes to eating, and that's a question where you, um, where the person asks, how often should I eat to, to gain back weight? No matter what your goal is, uh, whether it's gaining, gaining weight or losing weight, you should not make eating an unhealthy thing where you obsess 
about eating too much, right? And make it your number one theme. Eating is a tool that we need to use and you need to be aware and conscious of it, yes, but in the long term, you don't wanna think about it too much. That means that you should go and train yourself to eat intuitively and to be intuitive surrounding the topic of, of, of health, right? Don't obsess about nutrients, don't obsess about macros and that kind of stuff. If you're able to, to eat healthily in an intuitive fashion where you don't have to think about food all the time, then obviously um, you're gonna you're gonna reach your goal. So would you what I would recommend for you to, to gain weight, the same thing as the first person, um, depend on your starches. If you're a raw vegan, because you're mentioning Dr. Morse in your question, um, then I would go for a sprouted um, sprouted, you know, starch like buckwheat or something like that. Um, hey there, would you make a video of what you eat in a day by any chance? Um, I don't know if you would be interested in it. I can do it, obviously, but I can tell you what I eat. Um, so on the majority of days here, I eat fruits, I drink my water, I may drink an herbal tea, and then I eat my dinner. That's it. That's it. And the last like a week, I started to eating some peanuts just because they're delicious here. Um... Hello, is it okay to try a nine day fruit fast for someone who's trying it for the first time? So when you wanna start fasting, um, a fruit fast, for example, is very beneficial. And try to make the fruit fast as mono as possible. So per meal, try to pick one fruit and go with that fruit per meal, okay? That's a great way to give your digestive tract a little rest to make it more efficient and um, allow your body to um, what people would consider detox, right? Um, but again, if you wanna start fasting, I would recommend a 24-hour fast every now and then just to get used to the feeling of eating just one meal a day. Uh, what can cause a, an irritation and redness? Oh, oh, eye irritation, sorry. Um, what could cause eye irritation holistically? Uh, many things, that's too broad of a question. Um, maybe it's your shampoo, maybe um, your blood vessels in your eye just popped. Uh, maybe you're looking at the screen too much. Um, it, it's, it depends, like, um, to be honest, I cannot answer that question, right? Um, is eating starch in form of buckwheat and stuff with banana okay sometimes? Obviously, bananas and dates, because they're, not so dates, but bananas, um, because they're so high in starch compared to other fruits, um, are actually a great match to uh, buckwheat, which is also a starch. In particular, if you sprout the buckwheat, um, some of the starch is broken down and you have more so of a sweet taste, so the buckwheat tastes sweeter and makes it more digestible with the banana, okay? Um, but yeah, bananas are great uh, with like other starchy things. Um, next question, how to handle family friends not being healthy? So that's, that's the thing, yeah? Um, for me, living with my parents for five years, or four years of being on this health journey, four and a half years. Um, for the last three, nobody really cared of what I said. Um, well, they did, but not really. Um, so I personally stopped, you know, um, 
I personally stopped preaching, right? I focus on myself. If somebody is not ready to listen, then they're not ready to listen. Even if they're your friends and family, and even if you love them so much, if they don't want to change, why would you invest your energy to change them, right? It's not your fault. If they don't want your help, it's their decision. It's their life. And even if it's for their greater good, if they don't see the benefit of what you're presenting, then there's no greater good for it. It's not their way, right? So stop oppressing them with, or trying to oppress them with your opinion. They will understand the message when they feel ready for it. And usually what happens with family and friends is that you, for example, me and my, my parents, right? Um, or you, my brother, whatever. I might repeat the message for 10 years and they might find and you know, meet a person who says the very same thing, but they say it in a different version and it sounds new to them. They might listen to them instead of you who's been preaching the very same message for 10 years, right? So make sure that you lead by example and that people approach you instead of you preaching them. That's very important in my opinion. Um, next question. Thoughts on, if I'm too fast with these questions, then just let me know. Um, wait a second, let me check the comments. How do I balance my adrenals? Good question. Um, okay, next question. Um, thoughts on medical medium. Obviously, there is some truth to the medical medium or people who claim to be medical mediums. But in my opinion, um, this is one of the most gentrified um, practices that I know, right? So I start with things that people understand and that people can see before you go into these spiritual um, and, 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 you know, metaphysical claims, which are obviously very, very likely to happen. But the, the, the chance and the likelihood to be scammed by something that you just see is way too high, in my opinion. So I do not trust um, medical medium. What was his name? Anthony something, right? Although, um, one, like some of his books, I read one of them, uh, is actually really good, right? But um, you can't get your knowledge from it, but I personally don't want to scare people with something that they don't understand. So always start with tangible things, like your diet, like fasting, like meditation, like breath work, right? Although they're highly uh, interlinked with spiritual belief systems, they are tangibles, so something which is in, in your own control. And I don't like that you have to depend on somebody else to tell you what's wrong with you like going to a doctor, you as a human must be able to know you have to be independent of anyone in order for you to survive like any other animal, right? So that's my approach, at least, right? That's my opinion. And um, yeah, in the end, like, if we would all tap in into our highest, we would, um, well, when he started to talk about him talking to spirits and they told him to drink gin. Oh, I mean, that's, I mean, that's possible, right? Um, I've talked to what, what people would consider my spirit guides. I've had paranormal uh, experiences, right? 
but I do not use it to be portrayed as a guru, right? As something special. Everybody can have these experiences, right? And the problem is that, you know, it's been marketed for years and years and years as something demonic from when it came from indigenous people. And now, and now there's this uh, European guy claiming to talk to spirits and it's cool now for the majority of people. That's my problem with it, right? So before I credit him as a medical medium, I want that the general public credits what you would consider voodoo, right? And give back to the indigenous people. That makes sense. All right. So I don't know. That's at least my, um, my opinion. Next question. What would you recommend to eat for breakfast? Fruits. Absolutely. I personally do not like breakfast. Like there is this rule that I follow by, which is don't eat before noon. And that's actually a great rule because like if you don't eat before noon, it's very likely that you're fasting for at least um, 16 hours, which is like the miracle amount of times that you need to fast. Um, so I definitely do not breakfast. Uh, however, if you're working in a very taxing job, physical labor, then obviously if breakfast is mandatory and depending on what you do, um, fruits is definitely one of the best things that you that you that you can consume, right? Because like overnight, obviously you're fasting because you're not eating, you're uh, depleting your glycogen storages. And because your glycogen storages are depleting, you're starting to switch onto more ketones and starting to burn some, some proteins. So if you give your body some sugar, your glycogen, so your sugar storages are going to be replenished and you will have more energy throughout the day, technically. If you're not used to fasting, again, and if you're only, if you have physical taxing and, and, and exhausting labor. All right, next question. Um, oh, by the way, by the way, you can also have like um, smoothies, obviously, and um, uh, 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 juices, right? Juices, coconut water, um, that kind of stuff. However, I would never recommend somebody to eat breakfast right after waking up, like at least wait two to three hours and give your body to the time to wake up um, to um, before you eat, right? Yo, B, B, do you need the light? Do you need the light? You sure? Okay. Um, next question. How frequently should oil in shampoo and time for oil and scum. Oh, okay. What? That question makes no sense. How long can you stay in the tropical sun for without sunburn? Um, so when the sun is at its highest between 11 and 2, 11 a.m. and 2 p.m., I uh, can stay in the sun for like an hour, an hour 15, maybe two hours. Uh, it depends on how I feel, um, how strong the sun is, etc., etc. Um but generally, um, that's the amount of time that I can stay in the sun, which is, in my opinion, quite good for a person in my complexion. So you can increase your resilience against the sun if you're from fairer complexion by being on what we would consider an alkaline diet with lots of antioxidants. Um, because the antioxidants protect you from, um, from, from, from the sun rays, um, then you can obviously consume lots of water, which also protects you from, from
from from the sun rays protects you from burning and all these things are important factors for your resilience against the sun and obviously the darker your shade um the darker you your your skin pigmentation the more resilient you are against the sun and the longer you have to stay in the sun to, to produce a proper amount of vitamin d it's very likely that i produce my adequate amount of vitamin d within 30 minutes whereas a darker skinned person um, may need two to three hours in this tropical heat per day right um, so you can imagine what exposure you would need relative to here in the northern hemisphere if you're from darker complexion just saying vitamin d deficiency is the number one health threat to uh people of color 100 percent, particularly black people right because obviously you're meant to be in the tropics um how do you feel about L-arginine for increased blood flow? And that is a very, very good question because L-arginine is one of the most popular uh, supplements next to protein powder um, because it's supposed to increase the, the pump in your muscles. Um, and obviously L-arginine works in a way that it increases your cardiovascular health. Why? Because it's an amino acid that triggers your nitric oxide production. What is nitric oxide? Nitric oxide um, is important for your endothelium. So your blood vessels, right, they're flexible. And nitric oxide is, is a, literally a chemical that is natural in your, for your body, which allows the endothelium to grow bigger and therefore eases the, the, um, the, the blood flow, right? Speaking of vitamin D, vitamin D is the very same, right? Um, so, it is important to not focus on one supplement just because it is proven um, to be effective for nitric oxide production. There are way, there's so many fruits that can cause, that, that are high in nitric oxide production, right? You can eat beets, you can eat watermelon. Watermelon is actually one of the best things because like my friend, um, uh, my, my bro uh, Lance talks about it all the time. Watermelon is perfect for nitric oxide. Why? Because watermelon, particularly the, the greenish, the whitish part on the outside, is high in citrulline, L-citrulline, another non-essential amino acid, that converts into L-arginine, and L-arginine converts into nitric oxide, which allows your endothelium to grow, and therefore to be more flexible, sorry, and therefore increase blood flow, right? But obviously, if you consume a, a diet high in antioxidants, high in plants, then you will have proper amounts of uh, uh, L-arginine and therefore nitric oxide in your body. However, the biggest and the most important nutrient for a proper cardiovascular health is vitamin D. Okay, so charge up whilst you can wherever you live. And if you're going through a period in the winter where you're uh, deprived of vitamin D, then you A, supplement it, B, book a vacation, or C, get your vitamin D from somewhere else, right? So um, that's my take on L-arginine. Uh, I would never recommend a, a isolated supplement to anyone, whether it's vegan, it's organic, it's made out of full whole foods, whatever, stick to the whole food, 
right? First, you can trust it more, and second, it's just better. Um, do you think everyone should eliminate gluten from their diet? Absolutely, yes. Although I consume gluten every now and then, you have to understand that gluten is one of these proteins that our bodies are not designed to digest. It's very simple. Just like uh, uh, casein, right? Here's the thing. When you digest gluten, same as casein, so the milk protein, your body produces uh, 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 morphins, right? So opioids. What are opioids? Pain relievers. So first of all, you get addicted to it, right? That's a side effect. But it seems so that the digestion of casein or gluten is so difficult for the body, which is true because it's one of the most difficult to uh, digested, uh, digestible foods which are out there, that we have to produce a pain reliever for our brain to be able to deal with gluten. Now, obviously this is not a scientific fact, but it seems so. Now, one of the other disadvantages of gluten is that it's highly inflammatory. And what happens is actually that, that, that the, the proteins, the amino acids, which are found in gluten, open the gates in your, in your, in your um, uh, uh, intestinal lining, so the intestinal walls. And you have to understand, like, these walls, right, are tightly regulated. They're called tight junctions, right? And let's see, let's say in these little holes between my fingers, that's where the nutrients can pass, and they're really tightly regulated. Now, when you consume gluten, right, there are amino acids that bind to these tight junctions and make them bigger, right? And what happens when they get bigger, your number one protection against the food and the toxins in the food, they're non-existent, right? Usually it's regulated like this, so only like a few nutrients can pass through. But if you consume gluten, these things open. And this is one of the reasons why gluten is so bad for, um, for, your, for, your, for your colon health. Therefore, if you eliminate gluten, you can lower your chance of colon cancer, you can lower your chance of IBS, which is, you know, a, 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 um, a condition which comes before developing things like colon cancer, right? I'm not saying that gluten itself causes colon cancer. However, right, it is an important variable that we face each and every day, in particular, because we consume so much gluten now these days. Gluten is in everything when you think about it, right? Grains and milk is almost in every processed food, right? And when you think about it, when you go back in time and say, well, we started to cultivate gluten a few hundred thousand, uh, a thousand years, years ago, right? I think 13,000 years is when the first gluten crop appeared. People used to germinate gluten. That means they sprouted the gluten which eliminated uh, the, the, the wheat, for example, which eliminated most of the gluten in the grain. And then you cooked with it. So there was no gluten or the level of gluten were just smaller, right? For example, naan bread, right? It is germinated, it is uh, 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 sprouted wheat compared to our wheat, which you just grind, right? So in my opinion, and on top of that, wait, wait, I forgot, the, I forgot the most interesting part. On top of that, gluten is seen by the body, every single human as a threat. So your immune system will attack gluten as if it's a bacteria which tries to attack your body, 
right? So it's a highly inflammatory protein, which you should eliminate from your diet as much as possible. So obviously it's difficult to eliminate gluten from your diet, but you can, right? And you can lower the, um, the amount of times that you consume gluten, it's very simple. Next question, how do I gain weight in a healthy way? Let's get Josie. Um, how do I gain weight in a healthy way? How I would gain weight, uh, I would increase the amount of food that I consume with periodic fasting with in between it, because gaining weight uh, in terms of muscle building, again, nobody wants to burn and wants to gain uh, uh, fat, um, is, is inflammatory. You have to understand all athletes are inflaming their body depending on their, on their sport, okay? So being in this extreme condition, you need extreme um, requirements. And particularly if you're growing, trying to grow really, really big. But for the average consumer or the average person, how do I gain weight in a healthy way? Um, you start by balancing your hormones because without hormones, you're not gaining anything. And um, eat a primarily plant-based diet. You can also gain weight on, on animal products, but why would you do that? Right? Why would you? Why would you do that? And the thing is, the thing is, that even if you consume meat, you are not consuming the entire animal. Right? You're just consuming the steak. You're not consuming organ meats. You're not consuming the bone or bone broth or, um, or or or. You know you're missing out on the entire animal like man it just makes no sense like just don't kill an animal you don't need to kill an animal right but anyway. um, all right this these are the questions that I noted or see here let's go to the next one eating too much food can you get diabetes off it no um, you, you can get diabetes off it because, well, technically you could, technically you could, uh, if you combine the fruits with other fruits. However, if you combine, if you eat too much fruits, too many fruits, your liver will be uh, triggered, right? Because what's going to happen is that your liver is going to develop a non-fatty liver because the fructose, even though it's com it comes from sugar, let's say you eat a humongous amount of fruit. Um, will start to deteriorate. It's very simple, right? Everything in excess, even if it's fruit, will hurt you. So if you drink 10 liters of fruit juice a day, undiluted fruit juice is gonna hurt you, all right? Um, just like everything, everything in excess will, will hurt you. Uh, however, fruit, if you eat fruit and eat fruit only, throughout the day and you eat lots of fruit, but not, let's say not too much, right? You eat enough, but not too much of fruit will not hurt you because I believe that the human genome is built on fruit and should base their diet on fruit, right? But it's very difficult to get proper fruit because most fruit is hybridized. It's sweeter than it usually is. And uh, it should, sorry, it's sweeter than it usually should be. And um, I don't know, man, I wouldn't. Like in our modern or contemporary society, I would base 
um, my nutrition on the season. So when I'm in summer, I would consume lots and lots of fruit. Uh, if I'm in winter time, I would consume more grains like kales and that kind of stuff, just because it gets you through the summer, uh, through the winter better. Um, next question: How do I balance my adrenals? Um, balancing adrenals is a very—I don't want to say easy, but like it's very hands-on. Um, you have to stop consuming the things that trigger the adrenals. And you can start things such as fasting, which is perfect for the kidneys and adrenals, or taking certain herbs for uh, the adrenals, right? So um, fasting is perfect for the adrenals. Uh, uh, um, any kind of protein, low protein diet for a short period of time can be very beneficial. Um, and that works, that works perfectly. Next one. What do you recommend for iron deficiency? See, iron deficiency is not really about not getting enough iron in your diet, but more so the absorption and utilization of iron. Um, because usually what happens is that when you have an iron deficiency, you go to your doctor, you take iron, but you still suffer from the symptoms from an iron deficiency and may not even see a change in your iron levels, although you're taking high concentrations of iron. And that's quite interesting because it's, pretty obvious that you're not iron deficient because you're not getting enough iron, right? So what usually happens is that you do not or are not able to convert the iron that you have in your diet to use it, right? So all inflammatory processes which limit iron lower your iron and therefore you have iron deficiency or other minerals which you consume too much. If you supplement too much zinc, for example, Zinc will outcompete iron, and therefore you will have an iron deficiency, right? Um, or, or, or stimulants such as coffee or wine, all these things, they lower your iron concentration. But when it comes to consuming lots of iron in a plant, I would personally recommend salsa perilla, which is, um, quote by Dr. Sebi, the highest iron concentration in a plant found. I don't know about that. Um, if that's true or not, but Dr. Sebi is a, is a master teacher, so um, we trust him on this one. So what I personally would do for iron deficiency is I would go high on things like chlor uh, chlorella and spirulina. Um, I would incorporate a, a fast, a short-term fast, um, something between 20, 24, maybe 36 hours, and then... Um, I would consume large amounts of chlorella and, and spirulina, and um, I would also add um, liver and, and, and kidney cleansing herbs, such as sarsaparilla. That's what I would do. But again, if you suffer from iron deficiency, I can help you out. Just shoot me a DM. What's your opinion on high quality warm bone broth to break a fast? Now, I personally, again, I'm fully plant-based, I'm strictly vegetarian, there is no need to you know, kill an animal or consume any kind of animal uh, in your diet to stay healthy. However, if you choose to, um, if you choose to consume an animal part, the bone is the most, is the healthiest part of an animal. The bone is the healthiest part of an animal. 
And that's because it's so high in minerals and low in, in, in protein, right? That's why people who are on the ketogenic diet consume bone broth a lot because it's low in protein because protein also triggers insulin, which kicks you out of ketosis, but it's high in nutrients, okay? So if you wanna consume anything from a from a from a from an animal, then please let it be bone broth. It's disgusting, in my opinion, but please consume bone broth. It is just how it is, right? Bone broth is perfect for you. But it's from an animal, so it's not perfect for you. You're not supposed to consume an animal. Um I've Vitamin D deficiency, no matter what, how much I take supplements or sit in the sun, still didn't work. Well, that's interesting. Uh, shoot me a DM. I need more information on that. And um, in these special cases, it is better to have more information and details before I answer and just say something wrong. Because usually um, vitamin D is a, uh, is a hormone which is easily absorbed because it's fat soluble. Um, so when you start um, supplementing it, for example, or when you go into the sun, um, you produce vitamin D quite easily because it's a cholesterol-based, so say a steroid hormone, uh, it's a cholesterol-based hormone and fat-soluble hormones are easily absorbed by the body and therefore can be stored, right? Vitamin D can be stored for a few months uh, just because of that reason. So why you might not be able to to produce vitamin d is a your liver is not producing enough cholesterol which i highly doubt um b you're you're uh having a a spf on your skin and therefore not being able to um produce enough vitamin d because obviously the spf blocks the uvb rays um and or c your pigmentation, so your, the color of your skin, is not meant to be in the climate that you live in. So for example, the way the sun hits the northern hemisphere may be too flat, so the sun is not hot enough for you, is not strong enough for you to produce the adequate amount of vitamin D, right? Because melanin is the natural SPF, therefore protect you, protects the sun rays to enter your skin. But if the sun rays are too weak anyway, no UVB will enter your skin and therefore you won't produce any vitamin D. Right? So um, definitely shoot me a DM, we can, can work this out. But um, if you suffer from any kind of other symptoms, please. Herbs to balance adrenals. Uh, things like sarsaparilla, as I mentioned, um, dandelion roots. Burdock roots. These herbs are perfect. Alright, alright, alright. There's a big storm coming. Okay, guys. Do y'all have another question? Because I'm out of questions right now. Um, let me think. Nah, man. Alright, people. I appreciate everybody for watching. Um, we're out of questions. This was just a Q&A. And um, if you have any ailments, if you have anything that you want to work on, if you want to uh, reharmonize your relationship with food, if you want to um, lose weight, if you want to get rid of certain ailments such as diabetes, such as um, 
fibroids, you know, all that kind of stuff. You can obviously always work with diet and try a natural way to get rid of these things before you go into treatment. Okay, because you no, no one would argue that a healthy diet or a healthy overall lifestyle, even if you're taking medication, will make the medication more efficient, right? So the healthier your body, the better the chance for your treatment. So no matter what your state is, no matter how sick you are or what your, what your symptoms are or, or, or what kind of ailments you're, you're living with, improving your, the level of, 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 of your lifestyle and leveling up will always and always help. Okay, that's the last word. Um, thanks for everybody. Uh, thanks everybody for watching, and uh, I'm gonna upload this on my on my podcast so you can re-listen it. Peace.